Okay, so this is the new show, but we're not going to make a big deal out of it. I've picked out two new stories that I wanted to bring to you guys. We're going to dive right into them. This is the third video this week that I've seen of border security agents cutting razor wire to allow migrants to cross the border. Now, typically, this would be a violation of U.S. Code 1325, improper entry by alien. However, the law allows for migrants to legally cross when instructed by an immigration officer. The problem is that these immigration officers are only supposed to allow migrants to cross the border under specific circumstances. For example, they're a U.S. citizen. They've been vetted and approved as an asylum seeker. They have a visa. Just really wanting to come in? Go figure is not a valid reason to let someone in. Here's another one. Some are arguing that Governor Abbott's use of razor wire is a violation of the Constitution to begin with and that it was struck down by the Supreme Court. But that's just not true. Based on what I can tell, uh, what actually happened was a district judge ordered Abbott's buoy barrier topped with razor wire to be removed from the middle of the Rio Grande, not from the bank of the Rio Grande. The argument appears to be the federal government rather than the state's governor is actually in charge of the border and its security. They also claim that asylum seekers need to be able to get to the United States in order to make their case for entry, and the buoys and razor wire prevent this. And fair enough, but did we just forget that legal ports of entry actually still exist and that those are actually the places where asylum seekers are supposed to interact with immigration officers? So why would we just leave non-legal ports of entry wide open? What do you expect state governors like Greg Abbott to do when the federal government has the authority over the border, but it actually refuses to assert that authority in any meaningful way? Texas is drowning and he's responsible for the people who live there. Let's put this into perspective. 2.2 million encounters occurred in the entirety of last year. For reference, in 2020, that number was lower than 500,000. In fact, there was only one Trump year that had a peak higher than 500,000 in a single year, and that was 2019, but it still never broke a million. Not to mention the absolute carnage that happens on a daily basis in these border towns. The cartels slaughter people every single day in places like Texas, and others die from exposure. When I was at the border, I was given a tour by a constable. So many bodies are recovered at the border that due to a lack of space in moratoriums, they're literally stored in refrigerated shipping containers. I was shown photos of human beings who had crossed the cartels, not by the constable, but they were hacked up and made an example of later to be found by ranchers who have to live knowing every single day that they could encounter a body on their property. They tell us, have compassion, but opening up our borders and allowing people to easily come to the United States undocumented is not compassionate, not for them and not for the people who already live here. They're coming here in record numbers because we've made it clear that we won't enforce our border policy. This sense of hope empowers them to come, only to die along the way, be trafficked by the cartel, or worse. And what really sucks is that these border agents want to help, but they're forced into non-compliance with the law by the President of the United States, the executive of the federal government that is supposed to be maintaining the border as these judges insist. It seems that the cartels are actually doing a better job of maintaining who comes in and out of the U.S. border than the entire might of the U.S. government. See, the cartels will just murder anyone who dares cross through their smuggling routes without having paid their dues to the cartel that controls them. What's that mean? Well, it means that the people who come here largely owe a debt to those gangs and are likely paying it off by bringing illicit substances into the country. Enough fentanyl is smuggled across each year to kill every single American by overdose and then some. That's 379 million potentially fatal doses that we know about on a yearly basis compared to a population of 332 million people. That's not to mention heroin, methamphetamine, unregulated and potentially harmful marijuana, cocaine, the list goes on. 
Those things then have a major detriment to the United States, particularly in those border towns that Abbott is trying so hard to save. To top it off, the 45-day stopgap funding bill that the House just passed, it dedicated zero new dollars to border security. All right, let's move into the last and final story. Bernie Sanders had 11 peaceful anti-war protesters arrested outside of his office. The Washington Post wrote, the Capitol Police arrested 11 people inside the Dirksen Senate office building under a DC code that prohibits crowding and obstructing. The code is often cited when arresting protesters during a peaceful, planned act of civil disobedience. Let's take a look. We're holding up a sign, a quote from Bernie Sanders calling for negotiation. Bernie Sanders had me arrested for holding up his own quote. Ironically, the arrested group is called Code Pink, a self-proclaimed feminist grassroots organization working to support peace and human rights and end U.S. wars and militarism, as indicated by their Twitter bio. They weren't conservatives. He had his own people arrested. Now let's see how that contrasts with Sanders' public record. Here's a tweet. Trump just had peaceful demonstrators viciously attack. No, Mr. President, this is not a dictatorship. This is the United States of America. Our citizens have a constitutional right to peacefully protest. It's called the First Amendment. Here's another quote. You have the right to protest. I don't quite understand why anybody thinks it's a good idea to deny somebody else the right to express his or her point of view. So what I'm gathering is that Bernie Sanders, allegedly, disagrees with silencing the voices of Americans who have dissenting opinions. He views taking such action as violent, likening them to the actions of a dictator. Free speech is what America is all about, right, Bernie? So why are we arresting peaceful protesters who disagree with you? And it gets even juicier. Bernie Sanders actually himself has a long history of civil disobedience. Here he is being arrested during a civil rights march in 1963. And here he is again, ironically, at an anti-war protest in the 70s. So which is it, Mr. Sanders? You seem to claim that you're anti-war, but your votes wouldn't indicate that at all. Here's a Senate vote on a $40 billion aid package to Ukraine, which includes military provisions. Weapons. All in the Senate voted yay, except 11, all of whom were Republicans, of which you are not one. Here's another roll call for additional funding to Ukraine. Senator Sanders, yay. In fact, it seems that every vote I can locate regarding military provisions towards that war you've been in favor of. That's why these people are protesting. What's your agenda? Make sure to subscribe for more content like this, and I'll keep you up to date with the latest stories. Thanks for coming.